guys, WFA and the Kid here, and today I'm going to be sharing with you my week two NFL predictions, and before that, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about week one. So, I went seven and nine in my record predictions last week, and that ain't good. I'm just going to come out and say it. I mean, that is one of the worst weeks I've had in a while. But it's week one. Usually a lot of upsets are going on around that time. And we underestimate certain players, certain teams. And yeah, it was just a weird week. And I'm also going to highlight the top three games of week one, like I did last year in all of my weekly prediction podcasts. Starting off with number three. The third best game from last week to me was the Lions taking down the Chiefs. I did not get this one right, but let's talk about the game. First of all, it was the first game of the year, and it did not disappoint in the sense that it was a close game. However, we did not see the Super Bowl team of the past year. And what I mean by that is there was no Chris Jones, there was no Travis Kelsey. Obviously, there was a couple people that are no longer with the Chiefs from that team. But those are the two main guys that we were hoping to see. And neither one of them showed up. And the Chiefs still played a solid game and almost won. But at the end of the day, they just did not have enough points on the board. And Mahomes' receivers did not work in his favor. He needed help. And what also, another thing I learned in this game is that Dan Campbell is going to take risk. He has guts. He did that fake punt early in the game from like within his own 15-yard line that worked out. He went for it later in the game on fourth down, which could have kind of sealed the game, but they didn't get it, giving the Chiefs a chance with the ball back, but they did not do anything either. And yeah, he's a gutsy man, and his team won the football game. Then the second best game of last week to me was the Dolphins beating the Chargers by a score of 36-34. to I did not get this one right either. And these were two, you know, QBs from the 2020 draft class that provided Tua, Herbert, and Burrow. We saw Tua and Herbert in this one, and they both played well, but particularly it was Tua who stole the show. 28 of 45 passes completed, 466 yards, three touchdowns. The one pick, but that's not going to blemish his amazing day. Tyree Kill had 215 yards, two touchdowns, and he's on the hunt for 2K. If there's someone that's going to get that done, it's him. But Justin Herbert, I have to say, I was kind of disappointed. He only threw for 229 yards, which is very meh. And I expect him, my preseason MVP pick, to do better. The bright spot for the Chargers, though, was the run game. Eckler and John, uh, J- J- Josh Kelly, JK, got a little tripped up was with his name there. But yeah, they were both top five in rushing yards in the whole NFL. So that's looking like a dangerous tandem going forward. And call me biased, but the best game of the week was the Jets and the Bills. This was like an action movie. It started out with Aaron Rodgers, this hyped up guy for so long coming to New York to save this team and he gets injured four plays into the game and then like Goliath Zach Wilson our savior comes marching into the game and does nothing in the first half and the defense bends a little bit but it doesn't give up too much and they're only down 10 at half and the Jets score 22 of the final 25 points to win this game actually wait a minute sorry 19 of the final 25 points to win this game. And it's just like, wow. Zach Wilson manifested this against 
the AFC East champions for year after year, and it was just incredible. The defense looked great. Brees Hall looked great in his first game back from the ACL injury. And even though we lost Aaron Rodgers, I you cannot not feel good about this win. Gibson with that punt return. A moment I'll never forget. A call I will never forget. Uh, it was just perfect. Aside from Rodgers getting injured, it was the perfect game. And that's why it was number one. I got that game correct. And... With that, week one is behind us, and a whole new week is ahead, so let's get right into it. Let's go. Week two predictions starts now. First game tonight on Thursday Night Football is the Vikings at the Eagles. Give me the Eagles on Thursday Night Football. They beat the Vikings in primetime last year. They're going to beat them again this year. Now, let's talk about some bright spots for the Vikings. I mean, they do have Justin Jefferson kind of the consensus number one pick in fantasy. Happy to have him on my team. He went for 150 yards last week. And Jordan Addison, number two receiver, he's looking pretty good as well. But the thing with the Vikings is they just don't necessarily have every piece from last year. No more Zadarius Smith, so the pass rush isn't the same. Patrick Peterson is gone, and I think a huge part is Dalvin Cook. Madison did not even rush for, what, 40 yards last week? Dalvin Cook was a 1,000-plus yard rusher season in and season out. They are going to miss him in this game especially. And the Eagles, they did kind of collapse there at the end of the Patriots game and hang on by a thread. But this Vikings team is just not the Vikings team that we saw last year, and the Eagles should not have a huge problem scoring on this team especially, so I think it'll be pretty high scoring. And then the defense... As long as you get those two receivers, Addison and JJ, you're going to be golden. So Eagles take the first game of the week. Then we move into the Sunday 1 o'clock games. First one is the Ravens at the Bengals. And I literally cannot believe that I am the only person that I've heard so far to be picking the Ravens in this game. Okay, the Bengals were abysmal last year. You want to say it was because of the weather, or you want to say that it was just because... You know, Joey B's coming back from this preseason injury. I don't care. The fact of the matter is he sucked. He had 82 passing yards. You cannot rewrite that stat. It's as ugly as it sounds and always possible. Joe Mixon did not do much to help either. And the defense gave up 24 points to Deshaun Watson and company. And Deshaun Watson didn't even have a great game. He wasn't much better than Joe Burrow. He did not reach 200 passing yards. He had turnovers. Yet still, they made the Browns look like, I don't know, this great all-around team, which they are not. We'll talk about the Browns later. So I think the Ravens are going to do this. They're going to march into Cincinnati and get the win. Zay Flowers had a great first game. Odell Beckham Jr., I have to say, not as bad as I thought for the returnee. was out last season. So this Ravens team is dangerous with the receiving core and with possibly getting Mark Andrews back he's practicing and expected to play Sunday by the looks of it so I don't think the Bengals O-line is going to look good in this game I don't think the Bengals defense is going to look good in the game against to me what is the best offense in this league and the Ravens are going to get this win then we move into the third game that I am super excited to see what happens in the Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. Now, last year, 
we did see this contest, and the Seahawks won 48-45. to We also saw it the year before, where the Seahawks pummeled the Lions, winning by nearly 30. But in these last two games, the Seahawks have scored 99 points. I wanted to emphasize that because last week against the Rams, the Seahawks had the most mind-boggling loss possible. They only scored 13 against the Rams' defense, which is not a powerhouse defense anymore aside of uh, Aaron Donald. And we did see Aaron Donald putting pressure on Geno Smith, but they were not able to do anything in the second half. There was no cohesion about this team. And when you look at that schedule and you're playing the Detroit Lions, who are still riding high after that win against the Chiefs, I can't see the Seahawks competing. This is absolutely a win for the Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think he's going to have a field day, considering the the Seahawks defense just gave up 119 yards to someone we've never even heard of, which is Nakua of the Rams. So I can't imagine what Amon Ross is going to do. It's just going to be destructive. The Lions are going to win, and it's not going to be close. Then our fourth game of the week is going to be a divisional one. It's the Colts at the Texans, and I'm going to pick the Colts in this one just based on the fact that I liked what I saw from the Colts a lot more than what I saw from the Texans last week. The Colts made the Jaguars sweat, and they did win by 10 points, but it easily could have been less. The Colts had the ball on the one-yard line in the dying minutes, could have made that a field goal game, tried an onside kick, and hoped for something crazy. But yeah, Michael Pittman Jr., he had a great game. I have him on my fantasy team, and I was intelligent enough to start it. I totally saw this coming, <laughs> let's say. He had eight receptions, 97 yards, and one touchdown. And that's pretty good, especially when you're paired with a quarterback making his first NFL start. I think that is really superb to have a go-to guy. And it looks like Anthony Richardson has found his go-to guy. It does. As for the Texans... C.J. Stroud did not wow me in that debut. He did not get a touchdown. He had 242 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So he never really took that risky pass. That's what it tells me when you have zero touchdowns and zero picks. That you were not brave enough to try that pass. That might get picked, but you know what? It might find the receiver's hands in the end zone. So I think he needs to come out of his shell a little bit. And Anthony Richardson had 223 yards, the one touchdown and the interception. So, he was at least taking chances. One of these quarterbacks is going to get their first win, and it's going to be Anthony Richardson and the Colts. Now we move on to the next game on the slate, which is going to be the Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is one that I wavered on a little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm landing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of what we saw last week. If you asked me this preseason, I am totally taking the Bears, and I still have it on my sheet somewhere that I had the Bears winning this game, but right now I gotta go with the hot team. The Buccaneers, one of probably the bigger upsets of the week, beating the Vikings on the road, and, you know, it was a 2017 game, but the impressive number from that game to me is 17. When you have J.J., Jordan Addison, Kirk Cousins, who had a great game, It's crazy to think that that team only scores 17 points. I still consider them in the top third of this league in offensive efficiency, maybe even top five. So that Bucs defense is lethal. And when they're versing a guy like Justin Fields, who I still do not trust to throw the ball, 
they're going to win. They have to. And Baker Mayfield, I think he proved why he is a vet, did just enough, didn't make many mistakes in that Vikings game. And this is kind of what we saw from Zach Wilson, the term that I like to use from him, game manager. Baker Mayfield managed this game perfectly, and that's why they beat the Vikings, and that's why they're going to beat the Bears this weekend. As for the Bears, if we talk about what they did last weekend, they made the Packers look like a Super Bowl contender. They scored 38 points, which is absolutely absurd. Aaron Jones, what did he have? He had 127 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. That is unreal. Jordan Love throwing three touchdowns in his first game as the as the straightforward starter in Green Bay to do this is giving the man way too much confidence, and I think the Bears made a fool of themselves. A lot of us expected them to win. They did not deliver. They are not going to deliver for the second straight week. Bucks on top. And this next game, this is probably going to be my game of the week, if I had to pick one. Taking place at 1 o'clock is the Chiefs at the Jaguars. And this is another one where I've seen very few people take the team that I'm taking. And I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. I am taking the Red Kingdom to win this game. The main storylines that I talked about uh, at the top of the broadcast was Kelsey and Chris Jones. And it looks like they're both coming back. Kelsey is practicing again. His status is still TBD, but I would bet my bottom dollar that he's going to play. He, We saw how badly he wanted to play and how engaged he was in the game last Thursday from the sidelines. He's doing everything he can to get back in the game, and I think he will play, especially this high-octane game. I mean, you really can't afford to sit him if you want to win, especially with Kadarius Toney and those other receivers dropping passes. And then Chris Jones, he signed a contract, one-year deal up to $25 million. He gives the Chiefs defense that extra push. Yes, the Chiefs defense and D-line was not the issue against the Lions, but if Chris Jones is playing, maybe he gets another sack. Maybe he forces a fumble, okay? He's putting more pressure on uh, Jared Goff throughout the game. The outcome could have been different with him. Just going to put that out there. And it's another one they need to combat a high-octane team like the Jaguars. These two teams have met as of recent two times last season, and the Chiefs took both of them. They took it in the regular season, and they took it in the playoffs. And I have them taking it again. And the one matchup here that I'm paying attention to is Doug Peterson, Andy Reid. I'm taking Andy Reid. We have to just explain how incredible of a coaching matchup that is. Two guys that have won the Super Bowl within the last five, six seasons, and I think they're just mastermind coaches. And I think both of them are going to make the playoffs. They might even meet in the playoffs again. Could this be a preview of an AFC championship game? It very well could be. But if I have to pick a winner now, I'm picking the Chiefs because of recent success and because of their two dogs coming back in Chris Jones and Kelsey. Then after that, we're going to see the Packers at the Falcons. And I'm picking the Falcons to take this game. It's not because of Desmond Ritter. It's not because of the defense. It's because of the running backs, of course. Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, I think they're my favorite duo in the league so far. Uh, Bijan had a pretty cool first game. He had 56 yards across 10 carries. That's averaging 5.6 a carry, so that's efficient. 
And then Tyler Algier had 15 carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Those are very balanced numbers to give your two guys 25 carries. I think a more desperate team would have gone closer to 35 carries. But they didn't need it on this day. They breezed past the Panthers. And as for the Packers, they are not the crazy team that the Bears made them look like. Okay, I was trying to make that point before, that the Packers looked so good because of the Bears' defense absolutely imploding and Justin Fields making bad decisions that led to turnovers. Jordan Love did thrive against the Bears, but... And he, you know, he might even thrive against the Falcons' defense. This should be a high-scoring game. A close game, too. I think the spread is pretty low, like one and a half favoring the Falcons. But I'm going with the Falcons at home. It really could go either way. This might be another game. You know what? Let's make it my Game of the Week honorable mention. Because it is going to be great to see these two young quarterbacks and these two young teams. But Falcons, I'm going with the Bird team. Let's get it done. Then after that, the Raiders at the Bills. This is going to be an interesting game. Would you believe that I actually was going to pick the Raiders for a majority of this week? You want to call me a biased Jets fan, fine, but I saw firsthand, consistently, the Bills' weaknesses, and that's on rush defense, which the Raiders have Josh Jacobs, one of the best in the league, and that's also on Josh Allen throwing the ball all over the goddamn place with these turnovers. He had a fumble in a tied game at the end, and he had three interceptions that are inexplicable, except maybe for that last one, you know, he was going for the receiver on the sideline, and Whitehead just made a great read. But for one guy to get three picks against you is ridiculous, and I'm sure Whitehead is in Josh Allen's head all night long. So, I am going to pick the Bills to win this game, but it's going to be a close game. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Then the final 1 o'clock game we have here with the Chargers coming out east a bit to play the Tennessee Titans... And I'm taking the L.A. Chargers. Justin Herbert is not the problem. I did complain about him not throwing for enough passing yards, so that's a play calling. That's because they rushed it, like, a million times. Uh, That's not a knock on Herbert. But the thing is, they scored so many points. And the Chargers' defense... God, I hate them. Because he scored 34 points... Should be enough to win you a football game, just like that playoff game against the Jaguars. They scored 30-something points, and the defense let them down. That is what happened here, again, last week. And as for the Titans, the reason they lost their game against the Saints was because they couldn't find the end zone. They had five field goals, some of those in the red zone, and all they needed was to turn one of those field goals into four extra points. They needed to turn one three into a seven, and they would have won that game. But they could not find the end zone which is ridiculous to me when you have Derrick Henry as your back. So unless Derrick Henry pulls out a miracle, which he has done before for this Titans team, the Chargers should be winning this game. The one concern I have is Eckler injuring his ankle. He's questionable, but the reason I'm not uh, astronomically concerned is because Joshua Kelly is ready for that role. 91 yards and a touchdown last week. We see that the play calling here at the Chargers, it's very run-heavy, so if Eckler is absent, J.K. will take over the load. And now we are getting ready to take a look at the first late afternoon game, which features 
two California teams out on the West Coast, the Niners and the Rams. This one will be played in L.A. I'm taking the 49ers, okay? They were the whole package in Week 1. They went on the road to one of the most hardest places to play in the league of Pittsburgh, allowed just 7 points. Purdy led that team to 30 alongside Christian McCaffrey, who did a hell of a job too. And I think it needs to be said that they did this pretty much without Kittle. We knew that he was questionable going into the game, and I think after they had that monstrous first half, they really didn't use him much, which is smart. Smart of Shanahan to do. And that just shows how deep this team is and on how many levels they could hurt you. I'm not buying into the Rams hype. Okay, what that shows me is the Seahawks don't have a defense, or maybe that Geno Smith was a one-hit wonder, like one of my friends was saying and didn't want to believe that, but it could be the case. I'm not buying into the Rams hype. 2-2, Nakua each had 119 receiving yards. That's great. It's not happening against the 49ers defense. No way, Jose. So, if the Niners lose this game, I just would not believe my eyes. There is no way to me that they lose this game. This is a lock for me. So if you're a betting woman, a betting man, take this one, because I can't see the Niners blow again. Then the next one up on the slate is a New York game. Wow. The Giants at the Cardinals. You know, it was a busy Sunday for me. Okay, I'm I'm a fan of many sports. It was the last New York Liberty game of the season, so I was watching that. I was watching a 13-inning Yankee game. And I was watching some of the 1 o'clock games on and off, you know, flipping around, going to the NFL Network. So I was excited to sit down and watch an entire football game. And the Giants took all that excitement out of my heart. Because this game was over in the first quarter. They were assassinated 40 to nothing in this game. They are last in points scored. They are last in points allowed. It is ridiculous on another level how terrible this was. Brian Dable and the Giants did so much last year. This is not the start that anyone envisioned, but thank the Lord for them. They are playing the Arizona Cardinals, and they're going to win this game. They are. By the skin of their teeth, maybe, depending on how Danny Dimes does, because he is the question mark for me. Uh, It does help his case that Darren Waller is going to play. But the bottom line is that Daniel Jones made mistakes last week. I know that the O-line was ridiculously bad, and (laughs) hey, I'm a Jets fan, I get that. So the O-line needs to be better, and Daniel Jones needs to be better. If you know that the O-line isn't going to protect you, roll it to the side and do a pass. I'm not saying that he should have to do that, but, you know, there's no reason for there to be seven sacks on the board. If you know that your O-line is having a horrible night, don't give the D-lineman a chance to get you. Don't get hurt in a game that's out of reach. And I think that was very poor judgment, because... He was still trying so hard there at the end, Daniel Jones, taking hits, taking contact in a game that they knew they were going to lose. And maybe it's Dable. Maybe it's uh, the defensive coordinator's job. But someone should tell him, you know, don't let them touch you. If they're coming at you, throw the ball out of bounds. Something. Don't get hurt. But nonetheless, getting back to this week, the Giants should beat the Cardinals. And if they don't, Giants fans should be hitting the panic button. End of that story. And the next game, we see another New York team, my Jets, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. First, I have to emphasize just how heartwarming of a win that was and how heartbreaking of a loss it was to lose the first great quarterback we've had here in my Jets fandom. 
very big roller coaster. And now that roller coaster is going to land in Dallas in a tough game. It features two of the top three defenses in the league. And I'm going to have to land with the Cowboys winning this game. Micah Parsons is a beast. Tony Pollard is a demon. And I don't love Dak Prescott. I think that Jets defense can make him make many mistakes, just like they did with Josh Allen. But I do think that the Jets will narrowly lose this game. You know, the people in Las Vegas playing on the Aaron Rodgers thing is terrible because they have the Jets as 9.5 point underdogs when I last checked. And that's just not going to happen because the Jets defense isn't allowing more than 21 points in this game. And I stand by that. I just don't see Zach Wilson um, doing that much. At the end of the day, Dak over Zach. I, I trust Dak over Zach at this point. And that's why the Cowboys are going to get this win. Then the next game is the Commanders at the Broncos, the last of the late afternoon game. Although it's not very appropriate to have this as an afternoon game when a lot of people will be at their television sets in between dinner and lunch because it's going to suck. Commanders, they lucked out and played the Cardinals week one. That's why they won their game. The Broncos, it's not the defense's fault. It's the offense's fault. You know, Russell Wilson, I don't even blame him for that week one loss. It's just he doesn't have a lot of options. And the running game is suspect. But the Broncos defense should carry them to a win. Did that seem short? It it should seem short because I'm not going to pay much attention to this game. I don't care much for it. Then we move into Sunday night football. Please make this one better than the last one. It's the Dolphins and the Patriots, another divisional matchup. And I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. I would be stupid at this point to bet against Miami's offense. I'm going to reiterate these stats from before. Tua, 466 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill caught two of them and had 215 receiving yards. It's insane. Let's not forget you have Jalen Waddle, who's arguably a top 10 receiver right behind him. So pick your poison. You want to have your best corner on Tyreek or Jalen, because one of them is going to hurt you. And as for the Patriots, they almost came back against the Eagles, but that wasn't because they were doing the right thing. It's because Nick Sirianni has a big ego, and he went for it on fourth down. He did not really call winning plays to me there. And he almost got bitten in the ass for it, because I don't know what he's doing. He has a big ego for going to the Super Bowl, He's very emphatic on the sideline, which I don't like about him. And yeah, he almost cost the Eagles that game. Patriots were maybe 20 yards, 15 yards away from getting that touchdown at the end. They didn't get it. And they're not going to be in this game to me. You know, Zeke still looks dead. He had 29 rushing yards. There is no receiver for Mac Jones to throw the ball to. I know he gets a lot of hate, from me included. I mean, who doesn't love to hate on a Patriots quarterback now that there's no Brady there? But the fact is, he does not have weapons. And this should be a blowout for the Dolphins to me. So, that is it for Sunday. As we move into Monday, the final day here of Week 2, there's two games on this Monday Night Football. Two games for Week 2. The first one is the Saints at the Panthers. And I'm rolling with the Saints. I picked against them in Week 1, and I apologize to Derek Carr because he was dynamite. Straight up dynamite. He had over 300 yards in his Saints debut. Olave had won 12 of them on the receiving end, and he had eight catches. As for the Panthers, their week one bright spot was Miles Sanders, 72 yards on the ground. 
But at this point, I am probably the least confident in Bryce Young. Just to me, because he has the coach, he has pretty all right receivers. As for the Colts and Texans with Bryce Young and, I mean, sorry, with C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, I would favor both of them over him, which is crazy because Bryce Young was the number one pick. We'll see if he could do better against the Saints defense. It's unlikely because they really do have a good one. I mean, think about it. Keeping Derrick Henry out of the end zone is very difficult to do. And they also limit him on the ground. I don't think he had 70 rushing yards even. And a player like him that's just a force... It's rare to see him outside of the top five in yards. And the Saints were able to do it, so they should be able to stop the Panthers. And the final game of the week is the Browns at the Steelers. Just like I'm not on the Rams hype, I am not on the Browns hype. I'm not saying that the Bengals are this one-and-done team that had just one bad game. No, I think the Bengals will lose too, like I said before. But please keep in mind... This was not, by any means, a monster game for Deshaun Watson. He's still in a slump. He still cannot break 200 yards. In fact, he did not even get the 200 yards in this game against the Bengals. So it was really the defense doing the dirty work there in Ohio last Sunday. And I know the Steelers have injuries like Cameron Hayward, but I think Kenny Pickett's going to bounce back. If I was a Steelers fan, and if I was anybody on that Steelers team, that loss to the 49ers it does not define our team. It does not. I'm very high on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee Harris had a terrible game because he was going up against the best defense in the league, as did Kenny Pickett. This Browns defense, it's all right, and I think they proved that against the Bengals, but I like the Steelers just a little bit more. I'm favoring them. They split the games last year. Steelers get a much-needed win here to claw to 500, both in division... Now they play the Niners. So, yeah, they needed this win to crawl to 500 in the league standings. And that's just going to about wrap up this podcast for week two predictions. I appreciate y'all spending part of your day listening to me. And I will be back hopefully next week. Now that I have a little more time, I'm going to hope to get Jets reviews going. I was busy this week, couldn't do it. And it's going to be a fun week of football. As always, I am WFA and the Kid. Have a great rest of your day. See you next time.